This morning I just came on to share to, uh, with you a revelation that God is only good. And so the scriptures that causes people to think differently um, is in James, also James chapter 1, and I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 4 also. But let me just say this, that um, let's go to John 16 first. And I'll, I'll just settle this question on suffering and the purpose of suffering. Are we growing through suffering? Is it a good thing that we go through suffering? What does it do for us? You know, and uh, just, just all these questions that people carry in their hearts. Okay, so John chapter 16. Let me just go here. John chapter 16, verse 33. It says, I've told you these things. So, and I explained to them things that's going to happen. He says, I've told you these things. He says, um, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you. I have conquered it for you. Alright. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have trouble, tribulation, trials, distress. Be of good cheer. I overcame the world. This sentence, this verse explains the whole thing. It says in me you will have peace. In the world, you'll have trouble. So the place that we are in is in Christ. But we can live in Christ and experience the victory that He got over the world. So He deprived the world of power to home. It says He conquered the world for us. If you read the Bible, it says the victory that we have over the world is our faith. So us believing in the victory of Christ is our victory over the world and the effects of the world. And so I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In the world, different place. In the world you'll have trouble, turbulation. Now we are living in this world, but we are not from this world. We are living in Christ in this world. And so if we are in Christ, we have peace. <laughs> and this peace is total protection. It includes, uh, it includes total protection. He deprived the world of power to harm you. Now I know that's where people will say, but listen, we go through stuff. You still have to go through it. Um, God will protect you, but you have to go through it. Let me just say this. All suffering, all forms and types of suffering came in because of the fall. And God came and sent His Son to restore us in a relationship with Him. And He suffered in our place and if we now think after the cross that any form of suffering is god ordained or allowed by god or sent by god we have missed the victory that christ got for us we have missed the impact of the sufferings of the christ on the cross and therefore we we, we are not completely um, satisfied and filled with the fullness of what he died for because we, we still expect that after the cross, we have to go through this, we have to go through tough times, we have to experience this, we have to go through this because this is God's way of dealing with us. 
You see, there's so much deception that, that came in. And then all kinds of doctrines came out of this deception. But may you just hear the good news this morning. May you be completely set free <laughs> from all those things. Alright, so don't rush in your mind thinking of this. I'm going to deal with the main scriptures that's causing people to think um, in, in this way. That God uses suffering to teach us. That God sends suffering to, to, um, to form our character. Or he, he just relaxes hold on us and allow the devil to nail us and stuff like that. So we're going we're gonna to go through all of it. After this session, through the word of God and through the preaching of this word, may you know and believe that God is only good. And may you forever separate God from the sufferings of this world and get a revelation of His goodness in order for you to go through in this world with the revelation of God's goodness and change the circumstances. That's what I mean. Change the circumstances. God will first bring you peace inside, but I believe He will also bring peace outside. This peace, He says, in me you'll have peace. Means nothing missing, nothing broken, completeness, wholeness, protection, peace. He overcame the world for you. Hallelujah. He overcame the world for you. He died for you. He paid the price for you. He took the thing that brought all the evil and destruction in. He took it upon himself. That sin. He died. He died in your place. He took the punishment for your sin. He broke the wall of separation. Now we are one with Christ. As we believe in Jesus, we are in Him and He is in us. Hallelujah. This is awesome. Alright, so I'm excited. I'm so excited to share this message. This is the one thing that God really laid deep in my heart in the early days as a Christian. And I'm telling you, I've never ever looked back. I've completely separated or separated God from any evil and darkness and suffering that I go through. I don't blame God. I don't point fingers at Him. Sometimes I feel frustrated, but I know it's only with myself and my own thoughts. <laughs> but my frustration is no longer directed towards God in this sense, thinking that He has something to do with this. He doesn't want to help me. He, he did everything for me. He died on that cross. He paid the price. It's my turn now to receive the victory that he, that he brought. It's my turn now to get to a place where I just lay hold of what He actually did for me. It's not up to God now. It's up to me to receive. And I receive by faith. And I, struck, I will struggle to receive if I cannot see and believe in the goodness of the Father. If I struggle to see the goodness of God, if I struggle to see that, I'm going to struggle to receive. And the problem is not you need more faith, you need more faith. No, you need more and greater revelation of His goodness, which will produce faith. Obviously, you need more faith. But that faith comes by a revelation of His goodness. You, you need to be blown away by a revelation of His goodness. And you'll be amazed what will happen around you. The more you believe... Um, I think it's Joseph Prince. He says that the more you boast about the goodness of God, good things happen to people that boast about the goodness of God or something like that. I, can, I agree fully because the more you actually think and, 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 and meditate upon His goodness, the more you have faith, the more you start receiving freely things that He died for. 
Things that you've tried to earn for years. Things that you thought God said no when you prayed. <laughs> Those things that you prayed for and you thought maybe God decided I have another plan. Those things will come to you. You'll start receiving those things, those 20 years back, those prayers that you prayed. I'm prophesying. 20 years back, you prayed a prayer and you had a desire and God says, I st I'm, I'm going to do it. I did it. And you're going to receive the answer to that prayer. You're going to receive those, those visions, those dreams. As you get this revelation of the goodness of the Father, as God comes and overwhelms you with the revelation of His goodness, you're going to walk into the destiny. You're going to walk into the, the plans and the purposes of God for your life. You're going to receive the things that you've prayed for years back that you actually thought God said no. <laughs> he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't say no. He said yes. <laughs> Every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So there's things coming to you people as you hear this word today and you start meditating upon God's goodness. And this is God's word for you. This is what God is saying to you today. God brought you here to hear this. He brought you here to hear that if you can see His goodness, if you can see that He is only good, God wants you to walk in things that you prayed for for years and haven't seen. And God is bringing you here to hear this today. That He is only good and he, he wants you to receive and experience all His goodness. He wants to restore to you your visions and your dreams. He wants you to walk in those things. He wants you to receive those things. And I, I, I'm saying that as you get a revelation of His goodness this morning, as you meditate upon His goodness, just think of what I'm saying and start seeing that God is good and God will restore those things to you and he will give it to you. Okay, so understand, sin came in, had an effect, Jesus came and had an effect. The effect is far better than the effects of sin. In fact, it says that the effect of one man's sins should not even be compared to the effect of, of the obedience of one. So what Christ did shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence to the effect of what Adam did. So the effect of Christ's death or the death of Christ on the cross is far superior and far greater than any, any effect of the fall of man. And I mean, you see the effects of the fall of man all over. Can you imagine the glory that we're going to experience soon as we start to lay hold of God's goodness? Can you imagine laying hold of the goodness of God this morning and as you see the effects of Adam's sin all around you? I mean, you see it in this world today, especially now. You see a serious effect of the fall of man. But as you see that, imagine our mind starts to grasp the goodness of God and, and, and we understand that God's will is to manifest His will on earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Imagine we start to see God in that way and our whole world is transformed by a revelation of His goodness. And we start walking in the faith that we so desire to walk in. Just because we know He's good, we start to see the results of our faith. We start to see what it means when we believe. The thing that people believe today is that God puts you, they either believe God sends suffering your way to teach you 
to form your character, to it's, it's good for you. So they either believe that he sends it, and then there's the second one, but it's just equally as bad. Is people think that God allows it for a specific purpose and a reason. And that means that the effects of the fall, that God, in a certain way, just basically lifts his hand of protection and allows the world and the circumstance, the world that he actually conquered for us, that he, in John 16, says, deprive the world of power to harm us. Do you see how crazy it is? He actually deprived the world of power to harm us. He died for us. He conquered the world. So he lifts his hand a little bit and then allows the circumstances or the devil. or who, It's either the devil or the circumstances that we live in. He allows it to, to, to pressure us into a place of repentance where we then turn to him again. And as we turn to him again, um, he can now reveal his goodness to us again. It's, now, okay. If I am like that with my children, say I, I see them, they are walking in the field and there's a snake. And I've told them, listen, don't walk there on that side. There's snakes. Now I'm on a high place and I see from like I'm sitting on a hill and I'm looking down and I see there my children is walking in the field that I said they shouldn't walk in. <laughs> and so... I will not sit there and scheme and think, oh, let's see, let's see. Now they have to learn their lesson. No, I'm going to protect them from the snake. I'm going to shout and scream until they hear. All right. So it's the same with God. He will keep on protecting us from danger. If we by choice walk through certain stuff, he will still protect us. He's not thinking, oh, now they're going to learn their lesson and they're going to grow spiritually with all these things. I mean, that's an evil father. They will put me in jail if I do that with my children. If I teach them through suffering. Or, listen to this, I take them to the neighbor and say, will you just teach my children a little bit? And the neighbor hurts the children. And now that's like, then, like, I'm, an, I'm also part of the crime. If I'm, if I'm um, allowing the neighbor to hurt my children. Like God allowing the devil to hurt his children. All right. So again, if you come with the story of Job, understand that Christ died and that was before the cross and now after the cross. And there's a lot of more things that I can say about the book of Job. But after the cross, Christ died for the sins of the world. Don't even mention Job and the, the suffering that he goes, went through. What you can mention is, is the, the restoration. <laughs> But what he went through has absolutely nothing to do with me in the New Testament. Because the devil now, the accuser of the brethren, has been cast out. And so no longer can the devil come to God and there's a dealing and there's a, a, a talk in that sense. you know. And also now Christ conquered evil. Alright, he conquered the devil. Okay, so now that's Job's story. But understand that Imagine you put your children through suffering or you allow others to, to, to teach them through suffering. That is evil. If an earthly father will do that, he will go to jail. If he allows it or if he, if he doesn't, he will go to jail. We put people like that in jail. But yet we think our heavenly father that is far greater than any earthly father. He says, you that are evil compared to my goodness. You that are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. 
How much more your Father in heaven will He not give you, you know, um, the, the Holy Spirit? So He says, you know, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your Father in heaven? So your Father in heaven is far greater than any earthly father. Alright, so if I am a better father to my children than what your view is of what God is to you as His child, then your view of the Father is completely distorted. I pray that God restore his view, the view that people have of Him. I pray that people, that people will see the Father, will see the love of the Father, the goodness of God. You can only expect goodness to come from Him. After the cross, and He died on that cross, and He said it is finished, was punished for the sins of the world. The only thing we can expect of Him is goodness. Now, what people um, think of when they go through things is that scripture that says you will make all things work together for good for those who love it. Now there's a lot, of, lot more to that scripture but all I can say is that if you go through a tough time and suffering and you meet God in that suffering, then God will cause that thing to, to work together for good. But God didn't send it. God didn't allow it, but you turn to Him in the middle of your trouble. Alright? But a lot of people turn away when they go through trials and stuff. They turn away from God. And so it's the, the suffering in itself is not helping and it's not teaching them. That suffering also can destroy them. And it wasn't sent to teach them. It was sent to destroy them. And it wasn't from God. It was from the enemy. Alright? So... Suffering that people think that God sent to teach us was actually sent to destroy them. It's really not sent as a blessing from God or allowed by God as a blessing to you. The, what's happening there is um, the suffering of this world and what we go through is not, is not a purifying method. It is absolute destruction. Alright? So now, if you turn to God... In the midst of your trouble, you will see God and therefore you will, by your eyes fixed on Jesus, you will make all things work together for good in that sense. But only if you turn to Him. You're not, you, he's not making all things work together for good if you're not turning to Him and ex receiving His grace, if, so to speak. So if you completely turn away from Him, it's not going to turn for good. It's going to be for evil and for, for destruction. Right? But if you turn to Jesus, you'll make those things work together for good. You have to see the goodness of God. You have to focus on His goodness and see who He is. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm excited. God is so good and He's only good. Psalms 23 says, Only goodness, mercy and unfailing love will follow me. And so there's, there's more that I can say. But let's just read 2 Corinthians 4. It says here at the end, it says, For our light momentary affliction is ever more preparing and producing an everlasting weight of glory. Oh, pastor, do you see? Let's read it again. For our light momentary affliction is ever more preparing and producing an everlasting weight of glory. Verse 18. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, 
but the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, but the things that are invisible is deathless and everlasting. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. The things that are visible are temporal, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Alright, so here it says the light momentary afflictions is producing a weight of glory. But you cannot read that verse separate from the other verse. It says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that, um, that are not seen. So the only way that suffering can have any positive effect, so to speak, it wasn't sent to have a positive effect. It wasn't allowed to have a positive effect. It wasn't given. It wasn't allowed. It was, God has no hand in it. But the only way it can have the opposite effect of what it was sent for. Now let's get that right. It was sent for destruction and death and evil. It was sent to kill you. Alright? Literally. But the only way it can have the opposite effect if, is if you look away from the suffering and turn unto Jesus. And when you look unto Jesus, which is the uh, invisible... When you look at Him, His glory is revealed in and through your life. With the eyes fixed on Jesus, His glory is revealed in and through our lives. That's the same as 2 Corinthians 3. It, it explains it so clearly. It says, as you look into the Word, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, you are constantly being transformed into His uh, image with ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. Do you get it? So 2 Corinthians 3 says, look into the word. <laughs> I'm holding it out to you. This is how, this is how the glory of God is revealed. This is how we see the glory of the Lord. By looking unto the word, by looking unto him, we see the glory of the Lord. Okay, so by having our eyes fixed on the word, by seeing in the mirror the glory of the Lord, we are just, just, I want to encourage people to first just listen and hear what God is saying. And may this word just have an impact on your life. So it says, as you look into the mirror, you see in the face of Jesus, you see the glory of the Lord. You are transformed into his image. All right, as you look into Christ. So, as you look into Christ, you are transformed into His image. Alright? But 2 Corinthians 4 says that the light momentary afflictions is, ever, is producing a weight of glory as we look at the things that are not seen. As we look unto Jesus, as we look into the unseen, we are transformed into His very own image. That's the truth. So, I'll just put it in plain words. Just listen closely. Listen, you will be blessed. The way you are changed and transformed is with your eyes on Jesus. If you go through a tough time, if everything is perfect, when you look unto Jesus, you'll be transformed into His very own image. If you go through good times, bad times, average times, whatever, if you look unto Him, you'll be transformed. 
But the suffering in itself is not changing anyone. It's not helping anyone. It's not affecting anyone's life positively. Suffering alone cannot change a person. It's where the person look in the midst of suffering that will change, change them and transform them. And what is then the purpose? That the glory, the everlasting weight of glory can increase. And as the everlasting weight of glory increase, we see transformation. We see, we see change in this world around us. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the glory of the, of the Lord will be revealed in and through us. And as the glory of the Lord is revealed in and through us, we are walking in the victory that Christ purchased for us on the cross. So my brothers and sisters, no suffering, no, no evil, no sickness, no death, no plague has any purpose and plan connected to it from God for you. It is simply in the world that you live in. It's like the storm that came, the disciples and Jesus was on the boat. And as they went through, there's a storm. Now, popular teaching will tell you, you have to, in the storm, you just have to hold on to the boat, hold on to Jesus in the storm, and you will pass through. Right? <laughs> okay. If you go through the desert, after you've suffered, when you go through the desert, you'll enter the promised land. Or God sends you through a desert experience in order to form your character so that you can be more holy. Alright, so those are the things that we hear. Those are the things that I completely disagree with. And that is why people struggle to trust a good father. That's why they struggle even to, to, to receive out of the hand of the father. It's because of, 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 of those things. So, um, if you look, unto, if you look in, into those examples, you look at, if, I, if you go through a desert, if you go through this, no form of suffering like that was sent by God or for a purpose. Everything you go through, He has no hand in it. He's not teaching you through it. He's not building your character through it. It is simply in this world that we live in. And the world that we live in, that's James 1 that I'm just going to pass for now. But it says, your faith gets tested. The, the test for your faith is the world that you live in. God is not testing your faith. It's the test for your faith. Meaning the testing of your faith. It's the opposition to your faith. It's the testing of your faith. So the faith gets tested by the world that you live in. God is on your side. And so imagine Jesus, um, like I was busy explaining Jesus and his disciples going through the storm. Never did you see Jesus passing through the storm saying to his disciples, guys, we just need to hold on. We're going to suffer a little but we'll make it to the end. Just hold on. Hold on to me. <laughs> no. He stood up and he rebuked the storm. And instantly, the Bible says, they were at the other side. They, the, the, the storm was rebuked. And Jesus rebuked the storm. And instantly, they were in the other, at the other side. So, isn't that amazing? That, that, um, that God is only good. And His plan is. His plan is. To, to bring us deliverance and freedom. His plan is to show His glory as we trust in Him. 
The Father is only good. Only good things comes from Him. Same God, different agreements. But in essence, God is still, God is love, God is good. So He's the same God with different agreements. Old agreement, new agreement. The new agreement is based on the finished work of Christ. And the new, in the new agreement, Christ died on the cross, said it is finished, and He paid the price. Alright? So, um, in the, uh, we relate to God based on what He did on the cross. So as we relate to God from that platform, it's a tof, total different thing. The only thing we can expect of Him is goodness. Good things. Every good, every perfect gift comes from above, comes from the Father of light. There's no evil, evil in Him. There's no darkness in Him. He's only good and His plans and purposes for us is only good. He, he, he wants to bring good to you. And He did it. He when He died on the cross, He finished it, the price was paid, he took the effects of sin upon himself. Alright, so now that sin was the, the effects of sin came in because of the fall of man um, in this world. And so also he took the, effect, he took the effects of sin, but also he, he took away the separation between you and him by dying on the cross. Now there's no separation and the effects of sin he took upon his own body. Alright, so now that he took it upon himself, he died on the cross, the only thing he wants us to do is to see and look to him. Look and live. See him for who he is. Grow in a revelation of the Father. And as we grow in a revelation of the Father, his will and purpose comes into our minds and thoughts. And as we grow in that, we see it manifest around us in an increasing measure. We are literally people called of God to bring literally the glory of the, of the Lord, the, the glory of heaven, the glory of the Lord, and to release and manifest it upon this earth. God wants to reveal His glory in and through you. Now, in revealing His glory in and through you, you may go through certain things and you have gone through certain things, but they were not from God. They were simply... The testing of your faith because of the world that you live in. And that testing isn't done of God or from God. It is the world that is like a test. And so those things were sent to test you. It wasn't sent to build your character and to form you. It was, sent, it was like a testing uh, of your faith. It's an opposition to your faith. It's actually sent to destroy you. Uh, it had no plan and no purpose but to destroy but now as you look unto Jesus, you receive salvation, you receive help. That help comes from the Lord. Alright? So as you turn to Jesus, the everlasting weight of glory that's upon you is now increasing in manifestation. And when that glory weight of uh, God increase in manifestation, it will affect you, your family, and the world that you live in. Okay, so what I mean is, that as the waters cover the sea, so will the knowledge of the glory of the Lord cover the earth. So through you, God will cover this earth with His glory. 